Hello everyone and welcome to episode 18 of SIDcast. I'm David Gibson, your host with you since October and it's been a fantastic ride. That's a little housekeeping stuff. Follow us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, we got an Instagram that you can come in and use. Um, also, thank you for all downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing. If you could do that, I know every single podcast says that. But it's kind of important, and it only takes a couple seconds. And I'm not, I'm not holding you accountable or anything like that. But if you like it, tell iTunes that you like it. It also boosts my self-esteem or lower it, depending on your rating. Um, and you can also email us anytime, sportsinfocast@gmail.com. You want to tell me that you want to be a guest, which is perfectly fine. Uh, if you want to have some comments or tell me that you hate it, which is fine, uh, always open to that. So. On this week's episode, we do have Chris Downey of the Campbell Camels and Bowie's Creek. I'm saying that correctly now. So I thought I always thought it was like I don't even know what I thought it was. But today is the uh, first day of the Sweet 16. And Chris, how's your bracket? Uh, my bracket is done. Um, we do brackets in the office between myself and the four others, and. Uh, Everybody except one has lost at least one in their final, and I lost my champion when Duke lost to South Carolina uh, over the past past weekend. So, bracket's done. Um, I still have a little bit of hope with another bracket I did, but, you know, the one that I put some time into is, it's out of there. And my NIT bracket, for those that were wondering, is done. I lost all four. I lost my champion when Illinois State lost, so that's, that's out the window, too, for those keeping score at home. <laughs> I, I'm a... Uh... I'm a huge Louisville fan when I was little, ever since I was little, kind of. And they were playing on Sunday against Michigan. And it was a 2013 rematch of the national championship. And uh, I was on air, like, for our conference network doing a softball game here on campus. And uh, my producer has a microphone cable that goes directly into, like, me and my partner's ears. And he was giving me score updates. As I was trying to like focus and do play by play of the softball game, I was just pounding my fist on the table, like just trying to keep it together and you know exert some frustration in some way. But how was your uh, March Madness trivia? I got a question for you. If we're going back in history, it depends. Okay. Um, if it's recent, maybe I can give you an answer. It depends. Um, depends on your question and how in depth you're going to get. How so. about uh, last five years? Depending on the situation, okay. I could get, possibly give you an answer. All right, well, I, can't, I, I will, can't hold uh, myself that accountable. Let's <laughs> see what I got. I will uh, give you plenty of help with it. Um, okay. Over the last five tournaments, there has been at least one team to... There have been five teams, actually, to get at least one win in the tournament. Two of them are from the West. Two of them are from the Midwest. Think more Tornado Alley than, than, than Great Lakes. And one is from the okay. South. Okay, and two of them are mid-majors, and three of them are from a power conference. And those two Western teams are in the Northwest. So is it to name them? Name what schools they are? Yeah. And how how many, I guess, how many teams are there? Five? Yeah, five. Is Gonzaga one of them? Gonzaga is one of them, yep. So that takes out one Northwestern team. Another Northwestern team. Probably not who you're going to think it is. Is it Washington State? It is not Washington State. you got to go to the state just south. Oregon? Oregon is one of them. Oregon. What what were the other regions that you mentioned? Uh, Two Midwest. Uh, They're both from the same state, actually. Think Tornado Alley. Kansas, Kansas State? Kansas is one of them, but you got to think of the other one. Mid-major. from the Mid-major from Kansas. Oh, man. Wichita State. Wichita State is the one. And then one, the last one, is from your state that you're at right now. It's one of the teams in Triangle, Carolina or Duke. Which one? It is Carolina. I think Duke lost to Lehigh in one round, the first round, didn't they, one year? Yeah, they lost to Lehigh a few years ago as well as Mercer a couple years ago. Oh, that's right. Cool. Yeah, those were those were tough. Those were tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine. Um, but anyway, let's let's get to some SID questions. How, how does that go? Sounds good. Sounds good. Let's all do right. that. Let's get away from trivia. Um, Western Carolina. First of all, yes. what what drew you to Western Carolina? What's your backstory? Why did you want to get into sports information in the first place? Oh man, so 
I guess always growing up, one thing my parents always told me growing up is uh, as, as young as that, I could be able to read. You know, I had a newspaper in front of me. I was looking at, you know, hockey stats for the Sabres, football stats for the Bills when I lived up in New York. And moved down south, always in sports, you know, soccer, basketball, hockey, um, playing it or, you know, it was for soccer I coached and officiated. Well, coming close to the time out of high school, I had no options. You know, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I like designing, you know, graphic design. I did three years of architecture in high school, um, but I also love sports. But I was like, you know, I, I'm not going to be a professional athlete. I kind of accepted that reality, you know, when I didn't make varsity my senior year of high school. Um, so that dream went out the window. And then I kind of wanted to do upper management, but then I realized, you know, there's a lot of, of politics involved there. So and it was all about who you knew, and I thought, you know, that, that would take a lot of work, and maybe it's something I didn't want to do. So... Um, buddy, one of my good friends in high school was like, you know, my cousin loves Western Carolina. I'm going there. And I thought, hey, why not go where I knew somebody, but I was far enough away from home that if I went home or my parents came up, it wasn't like a quick, oh, hey, we'll be there in 10 minutes. It's, oh, we're coming up for the day. And they had to let me know. So I go to Western, you know, my first month there, uh, there was a sport management association meeting for, you know, our major. And they had a flyer that said, you know, we need help in the athletic department to see this person. So like, hey, you know, perfect experience, you know, chance to get experience, get my foot in the door, meet people. You know, I thought, hey, working in sports, who knows what this could lead to? And so, you know, it was, if, if I remember correctly, it was September 30th, 2010. I don't know why that sticks out exactly, but that's when I started working. I worked a volleyball game watching uh, the guy that was doing the libero tracking. That was my first event I worked. Um, but so after that, after I saw the flyer, went up to... You know, I went there the next day, emailed the guy, said, hey, come by. So I went there, met up with him, and um, he's like, yeah, you can start. I think it was like a couple days later, it was that volleyball game. I mean, the rest is history. From the, I mean, during my four years at Western, I guess I did, you know, I, I learned how to do volleyball, handwritten, the handwritten book. Um, I got experience doing public address, starting with softball that following spring. Um, you know, I did almost everything is that you could do um, for sports information without a day-to-day coming to the office at 8 or 9 o'clock and then leaving at 5. I still had class, so I worked majority games, but now I was statting games by my junior year, senior year. I was doing basketball stat crew, um, you know, doing PA for events, you know, just various things working. I worked multiple SOCON basketball events, track and field, women's soccer. Um, so, I mean, I, I got got to meet a lot of people not only in the conference but also at the conference office so I mean I guess just being able to work with the numbers I liked working with numbers seeing trends you know how players performed whether it was very good or very bad and, I mean that's what drew me here today I think one of the funniest things that I've heard is I don't remember this story my dad does for some reason but he, I told him I think maybe my freshman year was you know I want to do sports stats for a living is what I told him because for the longest time I didn't, I still had no idea what SID meant. I just knew it was the title. I'm like, what the heck is SID? And I didn't want to be that guy that was that looked like a fool that didn't know what that term meant. So I think it was my junior year. I kind of figured it out and caught on. You know, he, he kind of laughed at me when I told him I wanted to do stats for a living. And, you know, he, he's eating his words now because I'm, I'm doing stats yeah. for a living for sports. So um, um, obviously that's just part of the job at this point, but. So I guess I guess that answers your question in a roundabout way. Yeah. Um, um, my actually, my next question was: When you got the job, how did you explain it to your parents, and and how do you explain it to other people now? Because that's what I, I you know, I, I'm 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 struggling here explaining. My uh, actually a little story here. My English professor here on campus, she asked me what I wanted to do when I was in her office one day, and I told her, and she goes, "Oh well, you could be researching this for your paper, making health plans for people," and I'm like. That is nowhere near what it is, but I appreciate what you're trying to do. Yeah. So, I mean, when I first started, I told them I was working events. You know, I was doing the basics, I think, just learning how to do this, the libero tracking. At the time, I had no idea what it is. It was, But I caught on pretty quickly. It's, it's a fairly simple task when someone understands the, the game of volleyball itself. Um, you know, I was doing a little bit of scoreboard for soccer. Um, soccer is a very laid-back sport to work. There's not many tasks. Um, baseball and softball, I was doing scoreboard, um, doing a lot of PA. Football, I did backup stats my freshman year. So, I mean, you know, I was 
pretty in awe. Like, you know, press box is kind of like, oh, there's pretty cool people up there. You know, like when you're at a game, you know, like, oh, you know, so-and-so's in there. Like, for the Charlotte Hornets, Michael Jordan could be up there, even though he's usually courtside. Or, obviously, that's a, uh, a hyperbole, hyperbole for the, the, the story I'm giving. But so I guess when I told them, I, they, they were kind of like, okay, cool. He's working in sports. He's getting experience. You know, there, there was not much else I guess there's my dad's very a man of few words so he'll he'll give me when he gives me a good job he doesn't elaborate for five five paragraphs of this is why I'm proud of you he knows I know that he's proud of me and he and I know why because I just explained it and he doesn't man a few words um but how do I explain it to what I do now um I kind of coined a phrase I guess my junior senior year I don't know how original it is or but it's you know, I get paid to go to the same games that people get pay, that people pay to go see. Oh, so yeah. When I worked the SoCon, like I worked the SoCon championships um, for two or three years for basketball, and those games are on ESPNU or ESPN two and ESPN three at the time. And it's like people are coming to pay to you know watch these games and you know see their schools or their alumni and. Um, you know, same with, you know, soccer. And then last year I did NCAA and people are paying pretty penny to go do that. They're watching on TNT or TBS or CBS or whatever station carried it last year for the Raleigh region. And it's like, I'm sitting here, you know, courtside in a, in business professional with a suit and tie and, you know, my credential getting ready to do something if needed, you know, volunteering my time. So it's, you know, people are paying pretty, like I said, a pretty penny to go see courtside. Um, so that that's the big thing I say to people. Um, I try not to bore them too much or give them too much of it. I try to keep it simple because if I go into too much, they're going to look at me like I have five heads. Um, <laughs> so I tell them, you know, I, I write the stories. I keep the stats of the games. I post on social media. Um, a big thing I do here at Campbell also is, you know, graphic design. You know, we, we do a lot. We try to keep a lot of design elements um, for our social media because unlike you know a big school we're still trying to to get to that level because we're 45 minutes south of three ACC schools so that makes things tougher for us so you know catching people's eye um, I mean we have a great staff here that supports us with that and you know I'm not the only one that does it um, our football contact does a lot for his sports too and puts out great work and you know it, it alleviates some of the pressure on me too so I'm not doing a bunch of stuff while also doing my three other sports that I've I'm a contact for it. So um, with that, as well as we have a great video staff that put out, that puts out content for social media. So I mean, it's a very big collaborative effort, but um, when people ask me, you know, it's just stats. I write, I design, I post. Um, and on the rare occasion, because, you know, being at a mid-major, not many people are going to go to the Carolina Duke or state before they come to Campbell. So we have to kind of push the media. Hey, this is what we got going on, you know, always keep keeping them in touch and in the loop and when we do have media requests facilitating those for our coaches and student athletes um as best as we can uh going back to your college days what did people say when you told them you were majoring in sport management i i i got my sport management usi sport management club shirt on and i still i get a couple weird looks like is, is did you receive the same thing not really because a lot of the people i associated with but that's a bad word that I hung out with. I didn't just solicit. Like I was yeah. one of the. I, I liked hanging out, you know, with student athletes, people I majored with, some of my friends, you know, that were in sororities or fraternities that maybe weren't in sport management. They were in, you know, com or architecture. You know, I kind of mingled with everybody from time to time to keep, you know, they were they were my friends. I'm not going to associate just with one specific group just because that's what I'm doing. Um, but with sport management, you know, it wasn't a, a weird thing because we had student athletes in there, you know, football players, softball players, golfers. Um, almost someone from every sport was doing sport management. So it wasn't a, you're doing sport management, why? Like, you're, you're getting out easy. You know, this is what I want to do. I want to work in sports, so why not? I'm not going to go do uh, theater or something if I want to work in sports. You know, that's, if, if you wanted to work in theater, I'd do theater. Same with sport management. And, you know, it's just... Now, when people ask what I wanted to do, you know, at first I wanted to work, you know, in professional hockey, kind of work on the the, the in-house side, you know, working in, on the staff, not necessarily coaching, but, you know, work my way up to maybe general manager or something of that line. But, you know, when I 
starting to get to my tail end of college, I realized I have these four years of SID experience. Why would I throw it away or try essentially start from the bottom and choose what I have and build up from there? So that's that's kind of where I got to where I am now using that. And you know, I didn't get any weird looks. It was it was just another major on our campus. Thankfully, it wasn't it wasn't a, the odd out major or the the cop out, if you will, or the easy major. Um, I mean, classes definitely challenged me, but they weren't. I knew there were also harder classes on campus, so I was I was thankful for how the course load turned out for my experience. Uh, so you graduated and you used that experience. Um, what was your job search process like? Did you want to stay in North Carolina or South Carolina, or were you looking everywhere? Oh, man. Um, so right out of school, we had to complete an internship for at least 400 hours to graduate. So I didn't graduate in spring of 2014. I graduated December of 2014, but I was already off the campus. I was still a student, but I didn't. Have, I only had to pay, you know, the, the tuition to be enrolled as a student um, to get those credit hours. So it was kind of tough. Um, I didn't know where to look. I was unfamiliar with, you know, internships, how things worked. Honestly, cost of living at a lot of places because you know, growing up here with your parents, um, and. Not a lot of people coming into college have to pay for an apartment before they get there. You know, a lot of people transition to an apartment off-campus housing, so they're kind of used to, you know, paying the bills, paying rent, getting their own food. Um, I wasn't as familiar with that because I stayed on campus all four years. Um, our campus wasn't big, so I was able to walk everywhere. I liked on-campus housing. It was just easier financially uh, to pay it all up front through, you know, financial aid instead of having to figure out math month to month. So... Uh, at the end of the spring, I still didn't have an internship, and, you know, our teacher required us, but I kept her in the loop, and I was like, you know, I'm looking, I'm trying, I just, I can't find anything, so, you know, she didn't, she kind of didn't give me any, any, she gave me slack on it, you know, she let me present, because we had to present to our class beforehand, so I presented to a class at the very beginning of the fall with a new class, and then I presented it to them at the end, so it wasn't even the class that I had with my peers at the time, um, <laughs> So I guess, I mean, it was kind of tricky because I didn't want to move out of state. You know, I didn't want to move out to somewhere out in the West or Midwest area where, you know, I didn't know anyone out there or I didn't know what the cost of living or the, the living situation would have been. Although, you know, a paid internship probably would have been able to take care of that or the school would have been able to help looking back on it. Um, so my mentor, he's, he's one of my mentors, and um, he asked me to give him a shout-out, so I'm going to call him out for that. But it, was, it would have happened anyways. Uh, Kevin Young, he's at Austin P now, doing great things there. He was at Western Carolina for a year, and he knew uh, at the time, he was at Newberry, now he's at A&M uh, Commerce out in Texas, Josh Mank. He was at Newberry, which is where I went for my year. And he's like, hey, he's looking for someone. Um, send me your stuff, I'll send it over to him. So within a couple weeks of that happening, you know, I accepted at Newberry, started in August, um, after I was finished with a summer job, I did, I had a part-time job over the summer, you know, to make some money, have, have a little bit of income, and so I started at Newberry to, you know, get my foot in the door, get working down there, and, you know, it was, it was, it was a tough year, I had a lot of learning experiences down there, a lot of, you know, personal, I guess, trials with, you know, working in college full-time, how things operate, you know, making mistakes. I mean, that still happens. We all make mistakes. It happens. Um, and just trying to get my foot in the door. Um, so that job search was, that was interesting. I don't remember applying to many college places at once. It was more professional, you know, like the Charlotte Knights or uh, Charlotte Eagles, the, at the, the former Carolina Railhawks, now NCFC down here. Um, just local teams. Those didn't work out. Um, and that's nothing against them, to be fair. I was a new kid out of college. They, they probably glanced right over me. But after Newberry, that job search amplified because now I knew I could live on my own, what I was looking for, what my goals were. Because um, being a young and, I guess, advantageous kid looking to, you know, move up, you know, you always look at these schools like Oregon and Duke and Carolina and Kansas and Oklahoma and Texas, all these big schools with, you know, their name brands, their name and lights, you know all of this going on you want to eventually get there or at least see what it's like so after i guess after newberry in the spring this this story is kind of funny because i i kind of throw shade a little bit at uh one of the guys that i interned with so i applied to i had a list of about 30 plus schools 
on my radar that I wanted to at least send an application to. I sent an application to about 20 of them. Talked to three of them. Had on-campus interviews with two of them. So that's two out of all over 20 places that I applied to, and none of them were Campbell, um, ironically. So my boss that I had all four years at Western, uh, Daniel Hooker, he sends me an email. He goes, hey, did you get my, or he sends me a text. He goes, hey, did you get my email? And he still sent it to my student email, and I didn't have access to it right away, and I had to look it up, and he sent it to me while I was the intern spot here. So I said no, sent my stuff to him, as well as uh, my boss now, Stan Cole. And a couple days later, Stan gave me a call. I was like, hey, now let's, we talked for like 45 minutes. This was right after I'd gotten back, actually, from an interview at another place. So I literally gotten back. I was going to get my stuff from the office, go home, um, and be done with it. Well, he calls me. We talked for 45 minutes. Sounds like a great, great place. I'm like, let's go up there. So I heard of Campbell because of high school. You know, high schools, they come on, or they get colleges to come on, you know, to do information on campus admissions. Well, that's the only time I had heard of Campbell. Um, had no idea where it was located except eastern North Carolina. So I went up. I came up to visit, you know, had my on-campus tour, tour, and I was like, wow, this place is awesome. You know, one thing that... I strive to when I look at places is, you know, I got to like where, you know, I got to like where I work. I got to like the facilities. Um, and, you know, that's not to credit those with lower facilities, but I want to like working because, I mean, I'm going to be in those facilities with basketball. I'm being there, you know, 10, 12, 15 games a year for one team, football six or seven, maybe five games a year. You know, you got to, it has to be a, a good spot facility wise. Um, and, and, you know, Campbell has that, you know, our arena's amazing. Um, he's got a new scoreboard. Football has a new scoreboard. Nice press box. Soccer just got a new press box. Um, so I mean, that was a big that was a big factor for me. So I called the other two places. You know, I said, you know, I got offered here. Got offered another spot. Didn't tell them where. Um, just being respectful. And after that, you know, I accepted Campbell. Started in July of 2015. Rolls around to middle of May and I'm back on the job search I applied to one spot um, Davidson College That's I've told people this story I can tell where and the head guy there used to be uh, an assistant here so he knew Stan um, liked my resume went on campus for an interview well in between that process uh, I get pulled aside and Stan's like hey uh, we want to make room for another full-time. So I got hired on full-time, brought in um, to do basically what I'm doing, change my sports around. And, you know, here I am today. Um, so back when I was at Newberry, I'll tell a story about uh, one of my buddies. So Evan Nicely, um, another great SID, uh, great on graphics. He's now at VCU as their women's basketball contact. Well, one night I was looking at internships at Newberry, and he's a, he's a big Virginia Tech fan, grew up in Southwest Virginia, and I knew he would like this, at least take a shot at it. You know, some kid that worked at a D2 in South Carolina, worth a shot. So through our through our boss's connections, um, you know, he knew our boss, Josh Mank, knew the hiring lady up there, one of the people up there, and sent her an email, talked about him, and uh, so they talked... Evan applied, and uh, I mean, he got the position. That was his first application he sent out that whole year. And, you know, having one year of experience out of school, it's going to be tough because unless you go somewhere that's big time, you know, you your boss knows people, it's going to be tricky. And, you know, that's not to say anything. My bosses didn't know anyone. It was just it's still very difficult because you're getting hundreds of applicants every year that graduate grad school, undergrad, looking for their next step. So it's going to be a tough competition, especially at the big schools. And he got one of two spots up there, and that was his only application. And needless to say, I was a little mad. Um, but it wasn't a mad of mad at him. It was just mad at the system, uh-huh. just how it played out. He sent in his first application, and boom, he has an internship. He's set. He's done. He's going somewhere close to home or closer to home for him. And he's done. He's done with it. He doesn't have the stress while I'm sitting here sending out cover letters. Hey, how does this sound? Hey, you know, sent out to here today, sent out to here today. And, you know, it, it worked out. We're both full time two years after, uh, working under the great Josh Mank at Newberry. And 
now we're killing it at our uh, at our at our respective institutions. So. Um, yeah, you came to Campbell and they, Camel, the Campbell Camels. Why? Why? Yeah. Why a camel? It's a little a little unique. I mean, you've been to two schools that had unique yeah. names: West Carolina, the Catamounts. The only other Catamounts I can think of is Vermont. So, why? Do you they know the why they're called the Camels? So. Um. So we're actually only fighting camels, and I'm going to make a cheap plug. Fox Sports is doing their weird logos tournament, and uh, we just made the Elite Eight. So we're taking on the uh, fighting blue hens, I believe, at Delaware. I could be wrong, but I believe it's the blue hens at Delaware. Um, in the Elite Eight, so go vote for the camels. Um, the camel actually used to be known as the Hornets. Um, and I've heard many stories, you know, many different tales of how camels are camels. And the one that you know, kind of we stick to is... Uh, um, one of the early school members, I guess, top people in the school, uh, ZT Kivett, went up to the school founder, Jay Campbell, and, you know, after buildings got destroyed due to fire, he kind of, he went up to Campbell and said, your name's Campbell, then get a hump on you, we've got work to do. Well, uh, Jay Campbell thought he said, you're a camel, get a hump on you, and, uh, so that kind of derived the, the camel mascot. Um, now our mascot name is Gaylord. Um, so and he's named after Gaylord Perry, who pitched here. He's a former Cy Young winner and uh, also in the, the Hall of Fame. Um, so he's, he's, I guess, one of our more famous alumni, at least on the, the baseball side. We have a bunch of guys that are, you know, in, in systems, um, I think, at least five. Um, I don't know the exact number, and I'm probably going to get ridiculed for not knowing the exact number if they listen to this. So, but yeah. So I mean, he kind of Gaylord Perry was is what our mascot is, Gaylord the camel, and you know that's that's why we're the camels. There's other stories, but that's the one that kind of we tell us the, the story of what it is, and that camel fighting camels. Not many. Uh, there's only one. One other camel school, I believe, but they're not the fighting camels, so we're the only fighting camels in, the, uh, in all of college. Okay. Um, so you kind of touched on this earlier. I want to go back to it. We talked about it in the past couple of podcasts. Uh, you guys are situated in North Carolina where you have Duke, North Car- UNC, and NC State, and I'm going to go ahead and throw Wake Forest in there lately. Um, what is it like trying to get media attention um, where in a state where you have powerhouses like those three, maybe four. Oh man, it, it's tough. I'll be honest. You know, we always fight. We're always fighting that. We know once basketball season rolls around, Duke, Carolina, and State are going to take the the main pages of the News and Observer up in Raleigh. And, you know, Fayetteville Observer maybe give us some love, but you know they're going to do what content the majority of their audience wants to see. To be fair, and you know that's not taking anything away of what we're doing, but those are more names schools in Campbell is right now um but I guess to get the media attention to answer your question you know recently our wrestling program won the Southern Conference Championship sent five guys to the NCAAs had its first All-American in program history and within the last few years I guess this was his third season we have our head coach Kerry Colott who's one of the most if not the most known wrestlers um in the country um, you go up to any wrestling coach or any wrestler, you mention Kerry Colott, they at least know who he is. Um, storied, I mean, he has a storied career starting back in high school, um, wrestled at Penn State and Lock Haven, All-American himself, national champion. You know, he, his, he has a decorated past, and, you know, that, that helps us a lot. You know, um, he had an interview with another newspaper earlier this week. He spoke with uh, a wrestling site yesterday. Um, so that attention is getting there. Um, and then last year when I worked with track and field, we have two runners went to nationals. So they had a nice story, um, in the Fayetteville Observer. So that was good. Um, and you know, it's just pushing the content, you know, our men's basketball team has, uh, if you followed anything during early part of the conference tournaments, Chris Clemens, um, he dropped 51 points against UNC Asheville, um, seven, two upset for us. And, you know, that was, that was a wild game to follow. Like he could not miss and, you know, ever since, I mean, that was the first game of a streak. I mean, he's still going, and you know, we have CIT this this weekend, uh, quarterfinals against Furman. But, you know, I think it's more of the 
the individual successes as well as the team successes because you know every team win game, wins games every team loses games you know they'll run their basketball stories they'll run their football because you know people care about the sports more than you know, the other Olympic sports um, and that's not to take away from them that's just you know that's how the cookie crumbles um, but I guess you know just competing with those you know we try to put our name out there our football coach is Mike Minter he played with the Carolina Panthers on their Super Bowl run um, back in the early 2000s against the Patriots. Um, so that brings a lot of notoriety when they bring up, you know, the Panthers Super Bowl. Especially last year, he got a lot of attention. You know, they're trying to touch base with some of the former players. And, you know, using those, I wouldn't say to our advantage, but pushing them, hey, here's what's happening, you know, bringing people out. Um, earlier this year in basketball, we hosted UNC Bloomington, who went to the tournament this year after winning their third CAA title and you know excuse me Kevin Keats now got hired at NC State so I mean we had a lot of media there for that albeit it was because of UNC Wilmington but they were still here at Campbell um, Campbell got the attention regardless and you know I was just trying to highlight the stories of our student athletes I think is the key thing because that'll give you the edge because everyone like I said wins games sets records hits home runs you know scores a lot of points in a game you know goes on winning streaks um you know, there's a couple softball stories we're trying to hit on this year, um, if we can, about our student-athletes that we want to get out there. That'll be pretty cool stories. And if we can, you know, can get us, you know, not, not necessarily front page of the sports, but, you know, a little lengthy feature in the sports section. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's tough to compete, but it makes it, it makes it fun because, you know, I'll perfect example, Duke's always on ESPN for men's basketball. Carolina is um, not always, but most of the time ESPN or ESPN2. Um, we were on ESPN for our Big South Championship game. You know, that got attention. We got attention with that. And it's not every day you see a mid-major on those networks, similar at the D2, D3 level, because they're always fighting the NBA, MLB, NHL, NFL, depending on the time of the year. So when you get those, you jump on it, you know, you post it on social media, you blast it, you share it with everybody that you can. And, you know, it's... It's fun when that stuff happens and being able to, you know, promote that side of the student athletes and not just, oh, hey, ESPN was at our game. Here's the video of XYZ player throwing down a, a sick alley to win the game or something, something. You know, when we get something happening, we get it in, we get it on, and then we blast it. It's a great feeling. You know, it's, it, that feeling never gets old when, you know, you're sitting sitting there late at night with Scott Van Pelt on ESPN and they go through top ten or what? What did you miss or uh, what do you need to know? And, you know, it's a, you know, Chris Clemens when he dropped 51 points was a talking point for 90 seconds. You know, that, that stuff is awesome and brings a lot of attention. So when that happens, it's, it's a good, a good, uh, a good feeling to know that, you know, if you didn't post it, tag it, share it, send it out, use the hashtag, whatever the, the criteria is that it wouldn't have gotten noticed except by your fan base. So, um, what has been your favorite memory? I mean, it could be at Campbell. It could be those, you know, 51 points. Uh, or at Western Carolina, Newberry. I mean, what, what's been what's stuck out to you over the past couple of years? Oh, man. Um, it could be a lot of things. I don't know. Favorite memory. Man, I have a lot. Um, there's, oh, man, there's, there's been a lot that I've, I've witnessed. You know, I'm, I say that like I'm an old guy. I'm only you know, 24, since I started working as a student, this is year six and a half, almost seven, so I mean, I've, I've seen a lot, I guess, I guess I have a few memories, um, I'll, I'll go over a few of them, I guess, at Western Carolina, so my freshman year, we were playing App State before they joined the Sunbelt Fun Belt uh, a couple of years ago, um, they were our biggest rivals, they wouldn't say it's a rival because they always beat us in football, but it was a rivalry, you know, that's what it was, especially in basketball, my freshman year, we were playing them at home, it was a pretty large crowd a few thousand people were there and um senior guard mike williams you know i remember that to this day we had an inbound pass underneath the goal gets kicked out to the other side behind three you know an app state guy comes flying takes a pump fake takes one dribble in and drains it at the buzzer to win you know that was that was my first big memory of you know working and you know i knew i couldn't cheer gave kind of a couple fist bumps under the table, you know, I was like, all right, I hope I didn't get caught doing that. <laughs> you know, being a freshman, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to lose your first gig you got. Um, at Newberry, oh man. I mean, we had, we had a lot of, a lot of um, 
fun things. I think, I guess, just working with our men's basketball team was big. Because um, I had never seen a team where, you know, every 90 seconds to two minutes, five new guys are coming into a game. You're running up and down the court. Um, plus, we got as high as, you know, we were top 20 in the D2 poll. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, my team's top 20 in the nation at D2. Um, we started out 13-1. and one. I think we got as high as 13, I believe. Um, we were top 20 for sure. I don't remember the exact ranking. And um, after that, we kind of we plummeted a little bit. One of our star players got hurt, and we fell out of the rankings. But, you know, just you know, not working with the average team, but team those, you know, you can put a little number, and it's not the opponent next to their name. Um, I would say working that, um, working all the SoCon championships was fun. Um, and then I say one of my biggest memories recently since I've been at Campbell, I'll give you two. Since I've been at Campbell, and one just at Campbell. So one since I've been at Campbell has to be, you know, working the NCAA championships uh, last year, the first and second rounds in Raleigh. It was, you know, it was it was wild because I'd never done that. It just, it felt, I didn't feel like a big-time atmosphere until, you know, you see the court, you know, you see the, all the lights, you see all the people are there, you know, you see Roy Williams at practice the day before, and, um, I, a, a great story I have is I was sitting down at one of the open practices. I think it was Carolina. And, you know, I'm sitting there. I'm on my phone just looking at Twitter, just, just hanging out watching practice. Not much to do on those days. Monitor interviews when I had to, but, you know, that was later in the afternoon. And um, one thing I love is, you know, I love various play-by-play announcers for radio and TV. And one of the voices, I looked up who was doing the weekend here, and it was uh, Kevin Harlan and Reggie Miller were in Raleigh. Um so Kitty Corner would be right on the other side of the court, just you know, within earshot. I hear Kevin Harlan's voice and kind of pique my interest. And I was like, wait, is that, is that who I think it is? And I look up and, you know, 30 feet away is Kevin Harlan. I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, this is this is real. Like, this isn't just, you know, like, pinch me, I'm dreaming type of thing. Um, and just working those, sitting courtside, I sat next to uh, Brett Strilo. He works now. He covers App State, I believe, for the Winston-Salem Journal. Um, he used to work at the Fayetteville Observer. He, uh, I sat next to him as well as Lauren Brownlow from WRAL for uh, the North Carolina Providence game. You know, sitting right there on press row. We were told, you know, we can sit wherever we want, but if someone says, "Hey, that's my seat," say, "Okay, sorry, get up and move." And uh, so for that night, I was Sports Illustrated. Um, Sports Illustrated got nothing because I was sitting in their spot and no one came up to me. Um, so that was that was just unreal looking around all the Carolina fans and you know seeing the Providence Friar mascot right in front of you was pretty cool because it's the Friars a very unique mascot they have as well. Um, but I guess at Campbell, man, I have so many just man being here even just a year and a half. There's a lot. I guess uh, I guess all the different championship runs I've seen teams go on. Um, when I first started, my cross country team won conference. Um, you know, that was pretty nuts because, you know, I'd never seen a conference championship one in person, not let alone for a team that I was working for. Um, you know, I saw that happen. That was, that was awesome because, you know, the kids worked hard for it. Um, last year when soccer made into the finals and, you know, I'll say this as long as I can is if they had another 10 more minutes, they would at least score the equalizer and maybe have won it. Um, it was just one of those games, you know, they had a couple more minutes, they would have had it. Um, and then, Softball made a, uh, a great run last year in championships. I worked with softball, so I mean that was three of my teams were in championship games or championship events last year. You know, softball lost 10-0 to Longwood, who they beat earlier in the tournament. Um, Longwood was also a very good team last year, so that was that was a tough one. But when it when good teams on their hot streak, you can't really fault them for what happens. Um, girls were happy; they were pleased because they finished. They finished in the bottom half of the standings in the tournament for the tournament scene. Then they were a five seed and make a run to the finals. That was always that was fun to follow. Um, and then this year, you know, men's basketball that was fun. I don't work with men's basketball directly, um, only you know mainly home events. But you know, seeing the team at home, helping them, following them, that was that was a fun run. And then their CIT run now. Um, I mean, I guess all those are big. You know, I guess just big events. And you know, one thing we do here, which kind of is a, a big production. We do the Camis at the end of the year, which is our award show for the student athletes. So helping out with that, you know, it's not just a slideshow with videos. It's you know, full production. You know, people dress up very formally. You know, girls are, you know, 
I heard some of our girls, female student athletes, say, you know, I got to find a, you know, I, I could maybe fit into my prom dress from high school, or, you know, getting nice dresses. Guys getting very uh, dressed up in nice suits. Um, you know, it's not a, a polo khakis; it's a shirt and tie event. And you know, the production that goes into that is just the work behind the scenes is just unreal. And being able to help with that is was an awesome experience. And you know, getting asked every time, you know, I talk to someone new is, you know, what's it like working for the Camels? Because it's the Camels, right? We're not the Bulldogs or the, the Cats or the, you know, the anything else that's a common a common name for a mascot. And that's nothing against those, obviously. I was Bulldogs in high school, so everybody's the Bulldogs. Um, but just being the Camels is also a, a unique thing to have. Um, I want to go back to, uh, you, you've worked in a couple big-time events, like, like you're talking about, the NCAA tournament in Raleigh. Um, how important is it to do those events? And, and, and two, how did you get your foot into the door to do those events? Um, I'll touch on your first question. How important? Oh, man, it's, I mean, if you can get your foot in the door, that's huge. Um, like knowing people from conference offices at the SOCON, you know, not just through email or one-time thing. You know, I was working the SOCON four days, so, I mean, those were big events. Um, for that, getting my foot in the door, I asked. I said, hey, it's a national, is there a way we can work? And, you know, it took a little time, but we got our foot in the door to work the, it was my sophomore and junior year that I worked. Senior year, it fell through, something happened, I'm not exactly sure, but wasn't able to work. Um, and then working in Raleigh is just, you know, you meet, you know, meeting at least, getting acquainted with, you know, SIDs from all over the country. Um, whether it's in passing, simple, hey, how you doing? You know, they may not remember me, but... I met them. I still shook their hand, at least saw them in passing. You know, I mean, it was North Carolina Providence, USC, UVA, um, and three other te- or four other teams that I can't recall off the top of my head, but those are, you know, big-time schools that are all over the country. Um, so I think they're pretty big. Plus, it looks good, you know, on, on a resume when looking at future jobs. It says, hey, those four letters, NCAA, are big, and as long as it doesn't say infractions next to it, you're fine, right? Um, so I actually have a specific section on my resume that says professional experience. So uh, it has, you know, all the SOCON events I've worked as a volunteer, NCAA, um, any other thing, anything else that I've done that can contribute to, you know, my professional volunteer experience. I was in a full-time job. Now, how did I get plugged in with NCAA? Um, so first, I obviously had to check my softball schedule. We had, I think we were either off that weekend or it was a Saturday. So it was something that it worked out perfectly. We weren't on the road or we weren't at home, and I don't travel with the team um, due to you know budgets and stuff. So I think they were either on the road or they were off that weekend or something that happened to work out perfectly just with home events as well. And so I asked my boss, he's like, "Yeah, sure, email them." And I found the contact. I emailed her, and you know. Annabelle is Annabelle Myers. She's the football contact for NC State. She was coordinating the NCAA tournament for volunteers, and so you know, I got I got connected with her, and she was like, "Yeah, let me check." So she kind of told me that there may be they're waiting on someone else, and if that person had said yes or something, I wouldn't have been able to. You know, I emailed like two or three weeks out. So I mean, it was pretty close. Like a couple other people, they said that you know they contacted back in like January. And that's like two or three months away from working. So she emails me like the weekend or the Monday before the start of everything. It was a Thursday, Saturday. So it was it no, there's it was it was a Thursday or Saturday, Friday, Sunday. And you know, we had to be there the day before each day for press conferences and stuff. And she emails me like three days before and says, Hey, one of my people just fell out, are you still good? And I'm not going to say no to that. Yeah. You know, so I said, yes, you know, let me know what time I need to go, what time I need to be there, where I need to go, who I need to meet with, um, and all this. So I got connected through her. I met, um, almost, if not all of the SID staff at NC State and, uh, during that time. And it was just, it was awesome. Um, a couple of my student workers were up there, a couple other people that I knew that I didn't know were working were up there and you know a lot of a lot of good connections that you know I still interact with because NC State's 45 minutes away we play them in a lot of a lot of our sports and non-conference action so um 
when you go to these events, is it okay to be awestruck or starstruck? I, I'll be honest, I was. Um, the first time I was, um, I was handing out stats, and I think it, I think it was Reese Davis that was there. I can't be sure. Um, but I knew it was the ESPN personnel. I recognized them by face, and I was handing out stats, and one of my papers got stuck. And I looked. I was looking down. I was like, do you want a stat sheet? And I hear yes. And I look up, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I was like, oh, here you go. Thank you. And in my head, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I see you on TV all the time. Um, so that was a big thing. And then, you know, with Kevin Harlan, like I mentioned earlier, you know, I, I went up. I was, I'll admit, I went up, spoke to him. I was respectful. It was practice, so he wasn't busy. And, you know, spoke with him for a few minutes. Um, I didn't go with Reggie Miller. That was, I felt that would have been too much of a, I know you because of what you did on the basketball court, not because of your commentary. Um, but, I mean, seeing Roy Williams, you know, within arm's reach away was pretty cool. Um, but I'd also been in a role where, I'm used to seeing, you know, coaches and players in a locker room outside of the court. So I wasn't as awestruck. It was more of just seeing everybody there behind the scenes that, you know, was walking around doing play-by-play or, you know, commentary, working for CBS, ESPN. So, I mean, that was pretty cool because you just – you don't see that all the time working in a mid-major. Um, now, to be visually awestruck, I wouldn't say show it. Um, not like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, you know, inside – go as crazy as you want be respectful on the outside so just just got to know the limits because you know you can easily especially with the NCAA tournament you can get kicked out get your credential revoked and that doesn't look good on you at all so I would say just be considerate of those around you and what the repercussions could be um we talked about your favorite memories what about the other side of the coin what what's your horror story so far oh man um horror stories I wouldn't, man, I've heard, I've had not many. I think the biggest one I have goes back to my sophomore year. I was doing shot clock for the first time. I got thrown on it with about 15 minutes on pregame clock. And it was a Western Carolina original shot clock guy wasn't there. And I wasn't used to a reset button on, you know, a countdown timer. I was used to a start-stop. So we were playing Bradley in a non-conference. This was right after Bradley had been in the NCAA tournament earlier like a year or two before so I mean it wasn't you know a a podunk opponent it was a good non-con opponent and within the first nine minutes I made at least four errors I had reset it at the wrong times a couple times I got it good and then you know I started getting booed from my student section you know they were my own students that were you know booing at me Um, one of our external guys came up to me and you know he laid into me he asked me what was going on you know I was freaking out you know little sophomore kid doing shot clock. I haven't been told 15 minutes ago he was doing shot clock. He's nervous. Uh, but, I mean, if you put me on shot clock now, I'll be fine. I'm not that concerned. So, um, it was, I guess that was my one of my big ones. I haven't had much else with, I guess, here in the profession. I try to keep things, you know, if I realize things could get out of hand, I try to, what can I do to make sure they don't become a bigger issue than what they could be. Um nothing here that's been a big a big issue because I guess we have a lot of checks and balances with things so. um, when you see other SIDs in your conference division or maybe even the country and you look at them and you say that's a good SID what, what are some characteristics or some things that they do oh gosh um, one thing I guess I, I've learned um, I've learned something from every one of my previous uh, employers um SID-wise, um, I guess Daniel Hooker, you know, he's hardworking. You know, that's not a takeaway from anybody else, but, you know, that's one thing. I mean, he's hardworking, and he loves what he, he does. You know, he's very invested. He also went to Western Carolina, so, I mean, that adds to the investment. Um, one of the things, I guess, I learned from Kevin um, was was two simple words. This is his only rule he had for me. It was don't suck. Um, <laughs> so anytime he does something, I see something silly or he's, he gives me words of advice. It's always those two words, don't suck. And, you know, he doesn't mean it in a, a negative way. It just means do well. But he says don't suck because that's just who he is. Um, to the flip side of that, um, my boss at Newberry, Josh Mank, had, uh, had the same thing was just be awesome. So I kind of coined the phrase don't suck, just be awesome. And, you know, Mank has, at Newberry, and I'm sure he still has it at Commerce, him and his staff were known as Team Awesome. So, 
you know, just, it, it was awesome. You know, someone asked how you're doing, he would always say awesome. Um, and then here, one thing I've learned from Stan, Stan's been in the business for longer than I've been alive, so it's a little bit different working for him because um, my previous three bosses were all under the age of 40 um, at the time I worked for them. Now, um, I think they still are. But, you know, Stan's been in this business for a very long time, and, you know, I've, I've learned a lot from him. Um, and one thing he always tells me is, you know, I get bogged down with some stuff, and, you know, stuff happens, and he'll just say to me, just remember the basics. Do what you need to do to get the job done, you know. So earlier this year, I didn't have, I'll give you a perfect example. Earlier this year, I didn't have, you know, some graphics done for softball right away, you know, with their player cards, individual player cards. And, you know, I thought back to that. Like, it was the Thursday night. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to get all these done because I still have to do flip card preview, et cetera, et cetera. So instead of trying to waste time doing that, you know, I did my flip card. I did my preview. I got everything set up that I needed to. And, you know, in the end, nobody didn't notice that they weren't used because they didn't know that was going to happen. And, you know, just sticking to the basics of still the, the, the basics of what I need to do to get my job done is something that I've, I've learned a lot. Um, from around the conference, I just, I think the biggest one is just, you know, being respectful, honest, and hardworking. Um, you know, we've all made mistakes. We forget to upload files on time. You know, we have an error somewhere. You know, when something we write, you know, it happens. Um, I, I, I've had it happen myself. You know, needs to get better, needs to be improved. But instead of taking that criticism and saying, you know, they're wrong for criticizing me, it's, you know, let's get it better, let's get it right, and, you know, if someone points it out to you, you know, say sorry, I'll fix it, and that's that's something else I've learned here, especially is, you know, always try to remedy it, because someone doesn't want to always hear you say, no, I can't do it, just fix it, just get it done, you know, take the bullet, take the punch, because um, most of the time it's something that you did and not somebody, somebody else did, and you're getting wrongfully accused. Um, so just, I guess, being honest and respectful um, and hardworking and getting your job done is something you know, that I've learned a lot, especially from my studies around the conference, you know, not, not to call anyone out or say anything. One thing I've, I've seen is, you know, they may not get, you know, files to you in time or something may be wrong or they just, they don't understand what they're doing. You know, that's, I don't know what their situation is, what their background is or where they came from, who they learned from, but, you know, just... Once, once that happens, and if you see a progression, you know they're learning, you know they're picking it up, you know they're becoming better, and when that happens, you know, the machine can move better, you know, in the conference, at the school, and, you know, you can build that relationship, you say, hey, you know, you're doing good, that's awesome, you know, great job, and, you know, it's the little things like that that, I guess, go a long way, um, and, and that's that's one of the big things that is just, just being respectful, especially on the road, because, Outside of the team, you may be your only representation of the school. Um, you know, nobody, like your SWA may not be there because it's a too-far road game. Your AD may not be there because there may be something else going on at home or he may have a meeting. Um, and you may be the only, buddy, only person from, in my case, Campbell, besides our coaching staff, our athletic trainer, and our team. Well, you got to represent them well. And you never know when someone may send an email or say, hey, tell Stan I said hi, it was nice to meet you, because I get that a lot. And it's from people sometimes that I'm like, oh, you know Stan, but that's not a shock anymore because he knows a lot of people and a lot of people know him, and he's done a, he has a great reputation around the region with a lot of SIDs. So, I mean, that's something that I, I try not to, to tarnish, um, especially on the road, because it'll come back to him and it will... I'm sure he'll find a way to find out, and it'll look bad on him, and I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that guy. So. Um, one piece of advice you'd give to a student going into this profession? Um, sarcastically, I would say, if you want to have a normal life, don't. Um, but that's, that's, you know, if you want to work your 8 to 5, 9 to 5 job, come home at 5.30, have dinner, you know, watch some late night TV, go to bed, Wake up, repeat. Don't don't even think about getting into the SID world. I'll tell you that right now. Um, perfect example. I was in the office by um, nine fifteen, nine thirty today. I don't remember the exact time, and I'd gotten back at like eleven forty-five, almost midnight um, last night from Wilmington, 
and then the night before it was Greenville, North Carolina at ECU. So, I mean, you know, you're going to have long nights. You're going to have long days. Um, tournaments for softball, 10 to 10 a.m. to whoever knows how long, you know, 8.30, um, on a Friday, Saturday. It's, it's gonna, there's going to be long days. Um, I don't have the, some say luxury, some don't like to travel. You know, I want to eventually be somewhere, have a position here where I'm with a team that travels. Um, you know, that I can travel with the team. Let me rephrase that. All the teams travel, but, you know, obviously budgets with hotels and all that stuff, it can't happen. But that's, that's a different, that's a different side of the coin that I don't divulge in. Um, that, you know, traveling, you know, you're going to be gone on a Friday. You may not be able to get back till Sunday night and you have to be in the office on Monday because your coach has a 10 a.m. call with a reporter or a meeting with a reporter or something. I don't know. Um, that may not happen. It's just a scenario I thought of. But, you know, there's going to be times where you're not going to get a day off in spring until baseball season is done. Um, football season is the same way. You may not get a day off. Maybe a random Tuesday where you don't have anything going on. You can get get out early and go home and rest. But, you know, there's, there's never going to be a time where, except for the summer, where you can sit back and relax if you have one of the big sports bigger sports at a school of school, football, basketball, or baseball, um, those seasons are a grind and it happens, but it's the nature of the business. And I'm thankful for my four years because my four years at Western Carolina really taught me that. So going in, I wasn't like, man, I don't have a weekend. This sucks. You know, this didn't happen at school. You know, school, I was, I missed two, two out of my four spring breaks. I stayed on campus to work. Winter breaks, I'd come back early for a basketball. I'd drive three hours and go work again because they needed people and they knew I was close. Um, did those stink? Yes. Were they fun? At the time, no. But looking back at working a game on campus, you know, during winter break showed the dedication. And, you know, that's that's the mindset you got to have 24-7 to this business. Um, whether you stay in the SID world, you go to a different level of communications, um, just so many different avenues at this point especially with technology and the growing landscape of social media and stuff, too. I won't take up too much more of your time. And real quick, the last couple of questions. Uh, with all that craziness going on, I mean, what what is your work-life balance? What do you do to have fun or just kind of take the edge off? <laughs> work-life balance. Oh, man. Um, there's right now there's not a lot and that's you know not a product of me working a lot that's just a product of how things are do are going and what I do to help our athletics and our athletic department be the best that it can um, you know with basketball basketball still playing it's March 23rd um, you know we're still playing basketball in the CIT um, many teams if your name is not in the Sweet 16 pot beginning today you're most likely not playing um, I think maybe a couple divisions have a, a championship this weekend or something, so they're a couple weeks ahead, but not many other teams are playing except these smaller schools. So working with that, um, working those home games, and we're hosting these games, is it's it's been fun. It's fun seeing the crowds come out. We've had great crowd support. Um, I just had wrestling finished up, so I've had to follow. I was following NCAA tournament uh, last week, um, 16th, 17th, 18th had softball that started obviously a month and a half ago so we started conference play at home um last weekend and then on the road so you know just you know getting getting the content out making sure everything's up to date um and being one of the the key factors and you know with digital content like once we get off here getting something ready for our cit game this saturday um is a big thing and getting that turned over to people that want to use it for social media digital posts and everything else that can can be done with it um so i mean there's to answer your question on work life you know i i try to when i go home i make sure everything is done in the office um unless there's like a late release or a game you can't control when that happens you know if it's an away game i try to be somewhere at the start of the game so i don't have to leave work or i don't have to go get dinner or you know i have that taken care of beforehand um now, outside of work, you know, I, I just relax. You know, I sit down, you know, I just, I'll watch Netflix or, you know, I'll play Xbox on the rare occasion. I haven't had a chance to recently. Um, with soccer season starting up, me and my buddy will go to NCFC games. Um, 
you know, I try not to have stuff come up where I have to worry about it during those events. You know, if they do, I usually just sit back, I'll relax. When it happens, I'll do my work and I'll be done. Um, but, you know, I, I try to, I try to just relax. You know, that's the big thing is, you know, I mean, Aaron Rodgers said it back, just R-E-A or R-E-L-A-X. Um, just relax and decompress because you know that that Monday's rolling around or that Saturday event's coming up next weekend where you just, you, you got to work and you know, that's the nature of the business and it comes back around and if you're ready to go, you'll be ready to go and um, just get, get into it. Make sure you're getting a lot of rest too. So that, that's one of my big things. Um, next time someone's in the Bowie's Creek area or anywhere around, Obviously, when I say area, that means around. Um, what's your, what's your uh, restaurant or bar recommendation? Oh gosh, um, Bowie's Creek. We have we have two bars. I guess Sports Zone is right down the road, as well as County Seat. Um, a lot of people go to Sports Zone after games. Um, you know, I've seen parents there from student athletes, various student athlete parents there. Um, that's a good place. About 15 minutes down the road, there's a, a brewery slash restaurant and a bar. They have three different locations right around the same street called Aviator, which is a very it's a it's a popular spot um, in Fuquay. Um, and there's a there's a bunch of places in Raleigh. Like Raleigh has a lot of um, a lot of different bars, restaurants, taverns. Um, you know, there's there's so many so many different ones you know i was talking in the office a couple of days ago with uh, a couple of guys that i work with that were talking about one and you know i had no idea it existed um you know they, they it was like they have a drink called lord stanley because <laughs> it's a they name it the lord stanley's cup um so it's pretty cool and you know durham right by the durham bulls park there's a place um there's a couple of places there in uh american tobacco um where there's a couple of great restaurants, bars, you know, there's just, there's so many. I wouldn't say there's one specific spot that's the best or the go-to. Um, Aviator is the closest that's not in Boobies Creek. It's about 15 minutes down the road. That's a great spot, like I said. But um, it's, I mean, there's so many around that you can you can find your local craft brew, international stuff, or if you want to just go with your, your classic Bud Light or something uh, for those that, that like that, so... Um, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, just any questions or anything like that, what would be the best way to do it? Um, I'm always on Twitter. Um, they can contact me on Twitter. You know, they have me on Facebook. Uh, all those are CJ Downey 92 uh, That's my Twitter handle, Instagram, Facebook, and Gmail. Um, and, you know, I'm always I'm always on Twitter. That's the easiest way is uh, send me a message. Um, if, if I don't reply back, I apologize. I usually see them, and I get back to them when I can because... Now that a direct message isn't just 140 characters, um, I can I, I take time to reply. And you know, if people have questions, you know, just about SID or you know, want to learn what I do to for graphic design. Obviously, you had Mark Majewski on, Majewski on here uh, a couple weeks ago, so I I can't I'm not up to his <laughs> level yet. But you know, that's he's one of the guys definitely I I look up to for that role. Is I mean, there's other people that I, I look up to, but you know, starting out, you know, I. I have people asking me that don't know anything about graphics or very little, and, you know, I feel I can help them out. So if they have, you know, any of the basics, you know, I don't consider myself to be an expert by any means. Um, you know, I'm still learning. I'm still trying to get better because I know there's other people out there getting better that are younger than me, and, you know, nothing against them, but, you know, I still want to, I don't want to lose my spot in line, if that makes sense. So um, they can contact me through there, Downey 92 and, I'll be happy to converse, network, talk. You know, not about the sports business. You know, I talk about sports life. You know, let's do it. Yep. All right. Well, that was episode 18. Chris Downey. Chris, what are you going to do tonight for the Sweet 16? What am I going to do tonight for the Sweet 16? Well, one of the one of the few days off this week, so um, don't know yet. We have a going away party for one of our coaches, so I'll probably head out to that actually at aviator tonight so <laughs> may hit that up um and then you know tomorrow we have lacrosse and saturday we have basketball so i'll try and catch as much as i can but for tonight just hopefully the madness actually starts instead of the uh the first the first two rounds where they're pretty straightforward so 
All right, well, that was episode 18 of SID Cast with Chris Downey of the Campbell Camels. Again, thank you all for downloading, listening to this episode. Just basically, I know we've reached over, I think last time I checked, uh, actually right before we recorded this, about 1,000, 1,023 listens on every episode that we've had. So I'm very grateful and thankful that you all have tuned in. Uh, now it is every single week. Um, it used to be bi-weekly. I, I remember when I was going to do that, but... Um, you can always follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, backslash sportsinfocast. Uh, email me, sportsinfocastgmail.com. And I hope to catch you all in the next episode.